I don't have to tell most of you that, that, that today uh, marriages are under attack more than ever. And I don't want to get into all of the ins and outs of this because it's really, it's really nothing politically I'm thinking or anything. What I'm, what I'm thinking is this, is that, that far too many times we're focused on the White House, but we ignore what's going on in our house. And I believe it is what's going on in the homes and in the lives of families that will have the most impact on your life and on those that you love. And so today we look at something so, so dear to God's heart, not because um, he just approves of it, but because he created marriage, okay? He created Adam. He created Eve. But I want to give you some statistics, um, not so that you can go, well, hey, you know what? You heard the statistics, so um, the pastor's saying, hey, it, it won't be such a big deal that I opt out of my, my marriage. Here's some statistics of, of recent. 50% of all first-time marriages end in divorce, okay? I don't think that surprises anybody. In fact, I mean, certain areas and places in the country, um, you know, that, that, that average is much higher. But here's one you might not realize. Second marriages have an even higher divorce rate, okay? And it can be and so forth. So it's, it's, not, it's not about how many times you get married. It's realizing what makes the difference between a God-made marriage versus a man-built marriage. Most marriages at best, though, this is all of us, most marriages at best, they merely survive but they rarely thrive. Today, if you want a God-made marriage, if you, wanna, if you wanna know what makes the difference, what's the ingredients, what's the keys to a thriving marriage, if, if, if each person is applying these things versus just one that merely survives, I wanna give you some direction today. Um, I'm gonna share with you five key things uh, that you need to do and you need to keep doing in order to have a thriving marriage marriage. You've got your worship guide. Please take notes and, and, and follow along with us today. The first thing you need to do is you need to keep saying, I do. You need to keep saying, I do. Now, contrary to what you might find out there through secular statistics, money is not the number one reason people get divorced, okay? Because uh, just as many people who have no money and just as many people who have a lot of money, their, their marriage is still in divorce because, uh, you know, money, money doesn't make a relationship. It may, it may make you happier for the moment. It may give you a, a, a good ride of, of this or that. But, but I've, I've seen couples that have nothing, but they have a 10 times better marriage than the people who have something. But here's, here's what a 2023 survey of divorced people said. 75% of individuals and couples cited that lack of commitment was one of the main reasons for their divorce. Again, could be the, their lack of commitment or they go, hey, the lack of commitment of the other person. Okay? Either way, um, I hate to... I hate to um, uh, uh, quote a song because I don't think it's a Christian song, okay? I can't remember the name of it, but it takes two to make a thing go right. It really does. Listen, if both parties aren't committed, that marriage is not going far. That marriage certainly can't be all that. Listen, you could be living in the same house together the rest of your life, but if you aren't committed 
to uh, becoming who you need to be and, and continuing to look for a way through instead of a way out. It's not going anywhere. Listen, marriage is a commitment of saying I do for the rest of our lives. When you feel like it and when you don't feel like it. Matthew 19, 4 through 6 says, Haven't you read the scriptures, Jesus replied? From the beginning, God made them male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Now, one thing I love about weddings is if, if the, the bride and the groom give me permission, I like to be able to, to share with liberty, um, you know, what maybe all the couples and people listening at that wedding need to hear. Because while you might have one, two people that are, that are saying their vows out loud, you've got tons of people at that wedding, grandparents, aunts, uncles, whoever, cousins, brothers, sisters, that, that may already be married. And that, that ceremony brings you right back to remembering that you said, I do. You said, I do, for, for better or worse, for richer or poorer, through sickness and, and in health. Listen, a healthy marriage requires that both parties continue to say, I do. And, and, and again, you might feel like my grandma said after 50-something years of marriage, hey, you know what? Never con considered um, divorce, just murder. A lot of you know good and well. Something like that could have slipped out your mouth any time. My wife's never said that to me, but I'm sure she had to think it at times. She's like, Lord Jesus, if I could just get a frying pan to your head. Most people can relate to that, okay? Maybe, maybe, listen, maybe you're that rare statistic where you've, you've never sat there and, and, and struggled and this and that. Listen, you don't, you don't have to pretend like everything's perfect but you need to choose commitment. Listen, it, 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 there's one or two type people always that come to me with counsel. I've counseled a lot of couples. It doesn't matter whether they've been married one year, 20 years, and even 50-something years, okay? Because marriage is, 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 is not easy. If it was easy, everybody would, would just be staying together. But this is generally what I make sure I ask the man or the woman, and I want them to answer this, whether by text or on a sheet of paper without the other person hearing their answer first. And I go, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the most, how committed are you to this relationship? Or better yet, how, how much are you willing to give forth your best effort towards this marriage relationship? If they give me a 7 or above, you know, I, I just know that, that, that you know, things are, things are good. But, but if, I, if I hear a 5... I'm going, okay, you're halfway out the door, all right? You're halfway out the door. You might, you might just be existing, but you're not, you're, not, um, you're not bringing anything to the table majorly, but whether you're deflated, you're discouraged, or, or whatever. But when that number starts slipping, because I've done this before with people, when that number starts slipping and it gets down to a three or two, I'm having to wonder, okay, is there somebody else involved? Or, you know, are you just a matter of time and, and you're looking at the process and you're putting money in the bank or whatever the, the, the deal might be and, and just waiting to, to up and leave? And, and I just want you to hear me. Without The reason I'm camping out on this one, without commitment, it, the rest doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter. Either you, either you believe like I believe, okay, and this is how I believe, that the commitment that I made to my wife is not just to my wife, but is to the Lord, okay? All right? I do believe this. I don't believe anybody enters into a marriage hoping that it'll fail. But I also want to grant grace for those of you who feel like, hey, man, you know what? I hate this happened or that happened. Listen, God can cover your past with his forgiveness, and God can give you a future. He can give you a future. And, and, and unfortunately, sometimes, you know, in a relationship, um, it can be kind of like cancer. If you're familiar with how to do with cancer, they go, okay, well, you either got a stage one or you got a stage five. The higher stage you got, the, 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 the tougher the odds, okay? But how many of you know also God doesn't operate off of odds? All right? I've seen, I've seen plenty of people who I would have told you there was just no way. And next thing I know, I'm looking at both of them or so on the front row of the church. I had several couples like that at, at this service, at the service before, I mean. I mean several. I mean, some, all I could just say was, man, aren't you a living miracle listen anybody that that's 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 continued to say i do and, and consent continue to see god's grace at work and and keeping their relationship going because listen it's not us it's him that gets us there right i want you to hear this write this down love is a state of being that leads to a state of doing love is a state of being that leads to a state of of doing. I, I spent many years thinking that I was loving my wife. While I'm thinking that mechanically, she's being that. You know, some people, they speak louder with what they do than what they say. In fact, what we say holds no value if it's not what we, what we do. So love is a choice, but love is, love is not just a, 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 a momentary chore. It is, it is a state of, hey, you know what? Because I love you and I'm choosing to love you, I'm going to choose to love you this way. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no records of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. It never loses faith. It is always hopeful, and it endures through every circumstances. Now, I was blessed. My wife was blessed. Each of our parents were, were, were married. My, my parents almost right at 50 years, and my um, in-laws um, you know, 50 plus years, I think 51 years now. And, and, and so we saw commitment both sides. You say, why do I bring that up? Some of you have never seen people actually stay together, okay? And so when you haven't seen people stay together, you don't know that that's possible, okay? Let me, let me fill you in. It, it's not because any of us that ever stay together married, it's not because we're any better than you. It's just that we kept growing, and God kept us, us going. And by God's grace, you know, through commitment. Um, listen, it, it, we can be committed and still, like I said, have a whole lot of kicking, screaming, and, and just stuff fighting within us that, that have to be uh, worked out. I thank my wife often that she stuck around to at least let me partially grow up. I think all of you know I still got a long way to go uh, with the humor part. 
But, but, but seriously, that's the difference maker, you know? You, listen, you're either looking for a way out or you're looking for a way through. If you're looking for a way through, you're now headed forward. Which brings me to number two. To keep a thriving marriage, you have to keep growing together. You have to keep growing together. Every marriage, just like every person, is a work in progress. The honeymoon is short-lived, isn't it? You go on the honeymoon, you're like, man, that's, especially if you took a great honeymoon trip. Man, this is great. And then you get back and realize you broke. But, you know, in marriage, you want to think that you've arrived. There were times in my life that I thought my marriage had arrived to its best. And I'm here to tell you, even 10 years in the marriage, the marriage in 10 years is nothing compared to what the marriage is now into 26 years. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're willing to let God grow you and continue to show you how to humbly walk with him, and both of you are doing that, your relationship will get better and better and better. Because it's not built off of lust. It's not built off of feelings. It's, it's, it's built... As you seek to grow in your relationship with God, you grow closer to one another. Some of you may have seen this before. Maybe you haven't. Um, but you can draw a little diagram of a triangle, okay? It's, again, I, I, I remember hearing it. It's the love triangle. And at the bottom right, you've got the, the husband. On the bottom left, you've got the, the, the wife. And, and, and at the top of that uh, triangle, you have God. If you are both growing in your relationship with God and in your resolve to love God and love one another, you'll be growing closer together. Otherwise, you could be sleeping in the same bed in the same house every night and continue to drift apart. Okay? Um, we, I'm going to address something. You know, we live in a day and age where in most homes, uh, moms and dads are, are out working. And I don't have any problem with that. Uh, you know, again, everybody's got to do what they've got to do. Um, but unfortunately, it, it can lead to, um, again, just a drift, okay? My wife and I, we, we, we could have had a whole lot more money in the bank if my wife was, was working outside the home. But one thing I will give my wife credit on, if my, if my wife had not been home or not been the mother that she was um, in position to get to be, um, it, it would not have made for a great, healthy home, okay? Um, because I did like a lot of men, you know what I'm saying? I come in, I just, I, I don't even remember. I mean, in fact, sometimes I, I, I look at my wife, I'm like, listen, tell me, what went on the first decade for y'all at home? First, whatever. And, 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 but, but one thing that, that happens when, when everybody's going their different directions is, is other people get your energy, and then if you've given other people your energy and then you don't bring that home, um, all of a sudden you can, you can be divided. People say they don't have to come to church. No, you don't have to come to church. But I will tell you this. Oftentimes coming to church is the only time that most couples and most families are actually all focused on faith. Okay? And if you think your marriage can, can, can not just survive but thrive without the Lord leading it, listen, it will fall and it will crumble as easily as anybody else's. Listen, you have to grow in your understanding. I want you to write that down. One of the biggest things you have to grow is in your understanding of your spouse. You want to remain a student. I remember 
one night I was, um, this was, oh man, I mean, back in like 2006 or so, and I was planning a message, a, a, a series of messages actually on marriage. And so I was, I was um, reading a book at that time. I think it was a book like called The Ten Commandments of Marriage or something. And while I'm reading it, I read a chapter title that reflected me. And it said, Thou shalt not have pigitis. I'm not talking about what you eat at Duke's Barbecue. It was really, Thou shalt not be full of thyself. Thou shalt not make everything about them self. And I remember I looked over at my wife. This was eight to ten years in our marriage. And, and I mean, seriously, I, was, I genuinely felt this way. I was like, I am so sorry. I am so sorry that I really, I haven't listened to your heart. I haven't even asked you what is on your heart. And, and for me, that was a game changer. Because in that moment, I finally moved since, you know, some people aren't going to be as vocal about things. And so my wife wasn't vocal about that. She wasn't like, oh, man, it's all about me and, you know, I need this, I need She just isn't going to communicate that. But I realized that, listen, you got to listen to things not only with your ears but with your heart. And when you start listening to people's heart, that's how you grow in ministry. You know what I'm used to doing constantly? I listen to people's hearts. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not coming to somebody with an agenda. I'm not preaching a message to you right now based on some agenda. I'm going, hey, you know what? How can I understand your heart and how can you understand God's heart better? Here's the thing. You, you have to make sure you're seeking to, to know what your spouse best, best that you possibly can what they're thinking, what they're feeling, how they're struggling, what they're hoping, how they're dreaming. Listen, the further you go, the more you need to know. And you don't know till you do know. I mean, you, and I'm not talking about just, okay, what's their favorite food, even though that might could do wonders, or, 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 or what's their favorite place to go. I'm talking about just, hey, what's beating inside? What are they struggling with the most? Because until you give them permission to find grace with you, I've, ha I've had times in my life, my wife helped me realize I did, not, um, I, I did not seem as approachable, you know? I think where the deepness starts coming in your relationship is when you reach a point where you feel it's safe to talk about anything. Amen. You feel it's, it's safe to, 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 to be vulnerable. Do you hear me? Uh, a person's not going to be vulnerable if they don't think that your love is unconditional. Husbands, 1 Peter 3, 7 says, In the same way, you husbands, you must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. This hasn't happened of recent, but many times in my past ministry over the, the last 30 years, there, there were plenty of times on a Saturday that the, whenever I felt like, okay, God, I'm trying to get ready so that, so that I'm in a pure mind, mind state of sharing a message with other people and, and praying effectively, the first fuse that I check is, is how have I been treating my wife? That's the first 
And, and, and so if, if that's not right, I go, babe, I'm sorry. And God, I'm sorry. Because if, if, if I'm not in the right heart, how can I be fully in tune to God's heart? And the Bible says that your prayers will be hindered. Listen, there's always more room to grow and there's always more things to know. I've never forgotten the words of a man who had been married over 50 years. He came up to me. My wife and I were just dating at that time. And he said, you think you know what love is right now. But basically, he's like, hey, it's just puppy love. I'm not saying you don't care. I'm not saying that you, you, you don't want this to work out. But, but listen, you have to keep learning each other. And the way that you do that is you have to keep understanding each other. You have to keep growing. You have to learn how to communicate to each other in an understanding way. But thirdly, to keep a thriving marriage, you have to keep walking by faith. This is intentionally in the middle of this message, but it's so key. It could have easily started at the, at, at the top, that you have to keep walking by faith. Listen, don't marry anyone who you already know is not a Christ follower. I didn't just say a Christian. I'm talking about a Christ follower. If what you're wanting to do is to follow Christ, if the other person doesn't want to genuinely do that, again, they don't have to be, have it all together. I never had it all together, still don't. But I'm saying you need to make sure that the person that you are getting ready to say I do to is wanting to walk God's way, not their way. Listen, too many people, they marry someone thinking they can change them later. And I don't want to tell you how that normally works out. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? You know, I've done many, many a wedding, and, and, and most of the people that I'm ever talking with, they, they may claim Christianity, but you know, only God knows when they know the Lord and, or, or they're walking with the Lord. But I try not to... to um, uh, I, I tell people this, I'm not marrying anybody without at least a one-hour time of, of, of counsel and conversation. Because of this, I want you to write this down. Marriage is a faith walk, not a cakewalk. Okay? It, it, it's without, without both of your little hands and God's big hands, the future is not going to get brighter. It's not going to get brighter. You, can't, you cannot have... A God made anything without God leading the way. Listen, if you're married, though, to someone who's not a Christ follower, let's just say presently, I just feel I need to say this. If you're married to someone who's not a Christ follower, this does not give you permission to leave that marriage. But I just want to make sure that I point out that faith matters, okay? And I've seen plenty of women, women that, 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 that um, they, they kept... Seeking faith, they kept living by faith, and they kept praying by faith, and, and, and they have seen their, their spouse change. God can change anyone, okay? Sometimes you got to love people there. But faith matters. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. You know why that's really important? Because when you come to me, you don't want to come to me and just tell me that you don't feel in love anymore, Okay? The only thing I'm going to say on that is, okay, felt that before. Until I realized love was a choice, not a feeling. I, I, you know, if, if you base your marriage 
off of your feelings, you might leave each other five times in the same day. You drove off, then you drove back, then you drove, you know? You cooled off, then you came back, and then you're like, oh, my Lord, you're pushing my buttons. I'm gone. Listen, you can't let feelings alone guide your life. Feelings come and go. Faith keeps you steady. You, you, listen, I don't care who you marry. Yeah, I understand the song says, um, what is it? You've lost that loving feeling. Okay? I'm not even trying to play name that tune today. I don't know why this stuff's popping up on me. This didn't happen at the first service. But boy, did they hear some good stories that hadn't popped up in this one. Listen, you may have lost those love and feelings, but love and marriage has never been about feelings alone. It's about a commitment to each other and letting God lead the way. Only faith can keep you both on the same page when the rest of life does nothing but pull you apart. But fourthly, to keep a thriving marriage, you need to keep expecting hardships. You have to keep expecting hardships. I didn't say you had to like them, okay? Now, to me, the beauty of marriage has been um, no matter the hardships, you know, for the last 26 years, I've not had to um, endure them alone. But hardships can come to anybody, and hardships can come in ways you never expected. I've seen extremely solid couples that have been married for years, but they, they lose a child. We all know that's one of the deepest, most devastating loss that people deal with. And I've, seen, I've seen grief. I've seen depression. I, I've seen just um, uh, financial devastation, whatever it might be, um, separate people that once loved each other deeply. Listen, the marriage that does not expect hardships is the marriage that will certainly easily crumble. When you, when you sit back and you go, well, I'm just not happy and this isn't working out and that isn't working out, um, listen, understand, that's normal. In fact, the, the person who tells me that you've, you've never had a fight in your life and you've been married for years and this and that, and I'll be like, listen, evidently y'all never talk. Because it don't take me long talking before I'm like, man, I think this way, my wife thought this way. We, listen, we all got opinions, wouldn't you agree? We all got our opinions, and, 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 and we all have different hardships. But listen, the first sign of, of marriage hardships should not make you think to yourself, well, hey, I need to get out of this. Or you think this, if this marriage was meant to be, wouldn't things be going better? Wouldn't I be happier? So I guess it's time for us to go our, our separate ways. Listen, I experienced hardships the first year of my marriage, the fifth year of my marriage, the tenth year of my marriage, the fifteenth year, the twentieth year, the twenty-fifth year. I'm still enduring them. No matter how hard I try, there's something always coming my way. Listen, the only marriages that don't face hardships are the marriages made up of two perfect people who never communicate, who never have a bill to pay, and who are never exposed to this world. That's the only people. John 16, Jesus says, You may have peace in me. Here on earth you'll have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. The greatest hope we all have is no matter what life dishes or what God allows in Christ, we can get through it. 
That's when your faith, listen, God doesn't become real until life's hardships become real. God's just something you throw out as a slogan until God is all you got in the midst of the fire. Last but not least today, to keep a thriving marriage, number five, keep healthy boundaries. Keep healthy boundaries. God really put it on my heart that I needed to, 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 to say this. This might not sound like anything that's, that's huge, but it's huge. It's a huge threat in our society. Satan is always looking for a window to take you down and to take your marriage down. The wrong habits and the wrong relationships or the wrong pursuits, they can lead to a failed marriage. So you have to be very careful what you allow into your life, who you allow into your life. 1 Corinthians 6.12 says, You say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. If you're not taking the next right step, Guess what? You're taking the next wrong step. You can listen, something can sound good but not be God. Sometimes I'm in a council situation and I just take a look at the man or the woman and I say, listen, the bottom line is you're working too much. And you got to figure out do you want a great marriage or do you want to make a lot of money? Are you, are, you, are you focused on doing everything you can for this, or, or do you want to keep picking that bottle up and drinking it? Because, listen, it doesn't matter whether it's an addiction or whether it's, 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 it's too many hours of work or, or it's the wrong um, uh, people that you're letting in your life. Those things can divide a once happy home. So many people, I want to I I talk about this boundary thing. So many people, and you're going you're to think I sound old school. Well, I am pretty old school. First of all, I, I, I'm going to say this. And my, my wife still tells me, she's a big girl. Okay, I hear her. She says, I'm a big girl. I can take care of myself. Bottom line, in this day in society, if I'm, if I'm a woman, I'm not just walking anywhere out there. Okay? That's the way I feel. All right? It's just, it's just the way I feel. She, she knows. My wife can come up here trying to get up here and do something at, um uh, like printing the worship guys or something, and it'd be late on a Saturday night. And I said, listen, you know good and well, if you wait until it's dark to go do it, either I'm going to be driving up in the parking lot and getting out of this bed, or one of the boys is going with you. Okay? But I, I want to tell you this piece. Um, most people, if that, once they've been married a while, they don't just leave a marriage. They go to a person. They have what we call an affair. And see, if you're, if you're having conversation with someone else who either hates their marriage or is no longer married, whatever it might be, and you are having conversations with the opposite sex of things that you should only be having with the person that you're married to, it's wrong every time. Don't ask me whether it's wrong. I know it's wrong. And so what happens is, is in society, you know, while people have already drifted and drifted and drifted and drifted apart, and so there's already all these separations because there's not a lot of communication, there's not a lot of understanding, there's, there's, just, there's just all these wedges. There's no faith. They've been beaten to the, again, they, they, they done bought Sheryl Crow's song, If It Makes You Happy, It Can't Be That Bad, so you're just all over the place. But then you find somebody, and then you 
you, you, Satan's got you right where he wants you. You're vulnerable. You're easy prey. You're sad. They can make you glad. This, this person, by the way, the reason why it's easier to get along with other people than the one you married to, because you ain't married to them. <laughs> My wife would tell you this, and I hate to say it because Lord knows something might happen to her, and then y'all going to remember this. She said, whoever gets you, if they have to get you out, if I'm gone, they ain't going to know what in the world they got into. <laughs> I mean, I, listen, I just want to tell you, Hillbilly Deluxe pickup trucks. But you got to make sure that you aren't inviting into your life things that shouldn't be. By the way, misery loves company. Do not ask somebody who does not honor their vows, who does not care about your vows, do not ask them for advice. Don't ask anybody who's, who's, who's just still living ignorantly and apart from God's leadership how what decision you should make. A lot of times this is what people do. When people know they're in the wrong, first of all, the last person they want to come talk to is me. They don't want to come talk to me. And they don't want to come talk to you either if you're not on this side. And they don't want to come to church. They want to gather with other people who will say what their itching ears want to hear. And I'm trying to tell you, there's somebody probably listening to me right now. Your first decision just needs to be, hey, I'm going to quit doing what I've been doing that I know is not right to be doing as long as I'm married. And give God room. Give God space to, to work. What is that habit somebody might have? You know, that they, I've, I've seen addiction take plenty of relationships. You've got to let God deal with you. You've got to ask yourself, is, is, it, is it worth it? Listen, let me tell you how committed I am on my marriage. If my wife came to me tomorrow and she said, listen, you've got to step down from this ministry. That's the only way our marriage is going to work. Goodbye. Okay? It, there, there is nothing to me more important than making sure that I am devoted to, that is my primary first ministry. Second, that's my kids you got to ask yourself, are you in it? Are you all in in your marriage? Are you, are you ba barely got one foot in and, and everything else about you hanging out the window trying to find a way out? Because I'm telling you, if you look for a way out, you find it every time. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Some of you, when you leave this service today, you need to reach out to somebody and say, hey, you know what, i got to find some godly counsel. we got to have some, some intervention. I want, I want to say this to, to marriages that might be hanging on by a thread. There is always hope, and God is always able. Sometimes all you can do is pray. Sometimes all you can do is say, God, please forgive me for what I've not done or I have done. By the way, he sets you free and forgives you immediately. You can walk in a, in a newness of life. Listen, a thriving marriage, it requires faith. It requires the right friends. It requires patience. It requires respect. It requires communication, growing, teamwork. And it is a lifetime commitment that God wants to thrive. Would you bow your heads with me? Dear Heavenly Father, God, right now, I just pray, Lord, that you have somehow spoken through me despite me. Lord, there are marriages 
listening to me right now that are hanging on by a thread. Lord, there are marriages, Lord, that, that are, are, are just merely surviving. God, I, I just pray for your divine intervention in each and every situation. God, help that person, Lord, who's so heavy-hearted. Help them know, Lord, Lord, as they, as they trust you, as they commit their lives to you, Lord, no matter what, you're going to take care of them. God, I pray, Lord, that you would, you would help uh, those who are, are, are seeking you to, to, to overcome even their greatest mistakes or their greatest hardships. God, whatever the fires might be in their lives right now. God, I lift up each and every marriage that is listening right now. God, I pray that they decide from this moment forward they will seek you, follow you, and, Lord, seek to be committed to one another. God, I thank you for what you have done in my life and in so many others, God, the, the miracles of your grace. And I thank you for the fact that your grace is sufficient. God, guide us. We give you all things on our hearts today in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with us, please? This altar is open. Should you want to...